I jiggled the handle. You're good now. Welcome to another episode of Loud Pipes. Grab a beverage and join us as we talk about all things relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. And now your host for this episode, Rich Warfield, Rico Hogan, John Maracle, and Brother Bacon. Loud Pipes, episode 176. We have a full house this evening. It's going to get crazy. We're talking about the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Brother Bacon's been wrenching. I've been wrenching. I think Johnny jumped over the moon. So let's welcome back our brother to the south. It's been a while. What's happening, Rico? What's up, family? How the heck are you, man? Man, I've missed you guys so much. Well, let's start start us off proper. What are you drinking? I am drinking a premium beer, Sapporo. It's Japanese, by the way. Sapporo. Very nice. Very Sapporo. Nice. Mm-hmm. What about you, my friend? I am drinking, not to rub salt in the wound, but another copper. Oh, you suck. <laughs> OMB's finest, baby. In about uh. that. I got to get to Charlotte real quick. You do that. Mm-hmm. All right, let's head off to the east and pick up the riding fool, Spider Silk, Johnny John, the sleeping man. What's up, John? Not much, man. Just waiting. <laughs> See what's happening tonight. I don't know. And wake me up when we're done, okay? Pre-show joke. <laughs> uh, and do you have beverage? Uh, not tonight. Not tonight? Okay. I got work tomorrow. Durham's Durham's finest, straight out of the pipe. <laughs> yeah, we'll run with that. And now let's go to our man to the far west. Northwest. Brother Bacon, what's up? In the country city. <laughs> In the country city. <laughs> what's <laughs> up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome, Bacon. Help save us with a better beer, please. Oh, well, it's definitely better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you do know I've been on, I've kind of been on this whole like uh, Voodoo Ranger kick since they've been coming out with all those little ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm <laughs> on a new one right now. It's called American Haze. Who? Ameri- American yeah. Haze. So apparently it's got some, I, I don't want to say dragon fruit, but it's somewhere along those lines. <laughs> but it's also only like a 5% ABV. So oh. it does come in a nice, 12 ounce can. can proper proper Rico and I are slumming it with the bottle right mm. oh goodness that's good oh, wow it it sounds good it sounds so delicious all right it's been a while but let's use a new topic sound it's for you Chad <laughs> Chad bought a um, FJ09 what Whoa, FJ. Yep, we were talking about that in the clubhouse. So congrats on that. It's good stuff. Brother Zion bought a new bike. What is that? A little, a Cub 125 or something? Yeah, Yeah, the Super Super Cub. Cub. Yeah. Super Cub. I don't know how Super 125 is, but okay. I know, right? (laughs) That's cool. Cool little bike. Well, it's cool that he bought it and he's going to start riding with his girl. Yeah, that's the cool part. That's that the cool part. Very cool part. So let's get Daytona out of the way because 
I'm actually anxious to hear Bacon's wrenching story. I know you were like elbow deep into your dyno. So I'm, oh. I'm itching to get into that. But first, let's cover a little bit of the Rolex 24. So I packed up the kids in the Jeep. We headed on down to Daytona. <laughs> first road trip with that vehicle, which was interesting. We'll get back to that. And let's see. We spent about four days down there. Or drove down Friday, spent Saturday, Sunday, and then drove back on Monday. So I guess we technically only spent two days. But uh, all in all, it was a good time. Obviously hung out with the parents. Uh, my dad went to the race. Mom mom stayed behind and had a good time. Got to see a little bit of the racing at night, which I did, we didn't do last time because John and I <clears throat> wimped out, went back to the hotel. <laughs> was it raining too? It was raining. It was cold. It was miserable. You can call us wimps if you want, but the view from the hotel was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) But but the weather this time was was really pleasant. I mean, it it almost felt hot on Saturday. It was in the 70s, sunny. You know, the overnight temperature, I think, got just below 50. Uh, But but there was really no rain to speak of. And, And then Sunday was just as nice, just a little more cloudy. Nice. Very nice weather. Uh, of course, got to see the new uh, C8R, which is gorgeous, and did quite well for its first time out. Yeah, how did how did that car do, anyways? Well, the number three car finished fourth in the class of I think there's only seven cars now, and then the number four car had some sort of leak that required them to take the engine out, and they were in the garage a long time, so I think they finished last in their class. <laughs> Yeah, take the engine. I thought they finished like 14th in the class. Was that all of them in the class? I think there's only seven cars in, in GTLM. Oh, okay. Because there's two Corvettes, two Porsches, one or two BMWs, and then there's one other car. I forget what the other one is. But yeah, I think there's only seven cars in GTLM. The GTD class is, is pretty big this year. And then they have also added some to the prototype challenge. And I think about the same amount of cars in the the main prototype class, which they call DPI. Oh, oh, can we also say congratulations to Cadillac for doing it again? Yes. And I gotta say, the new Corvette with it being a the flat plane crank engine sounds different, you know, nice in its own way, but just different than the the rowdier version they had in the in the C seven. And I think now the nicest sounding cars on the track are those Cadillacs. Those are beautiful. Shut up, really? You've heard those, right? They got a little yeah. more of a deeper rumble. I'm just surprised to hear you say that song, I guess. <laughs> what did you do, Hogan? You got super staticky all of a sudden. I don't know. Like you're on a dial-up line or something. <laughs> I could be. It could be. He's crank this movie. You got to crank it a little more. Get that hamster going. Right. So, what did you watched a lot of it on TV, Bacon? What did you think of the action, at least from from afar? You know what? I really loved it. Um, I didn't watch as much as I'd like as I liked to because last year there was a lot more of it on TV. This year, it actually got broken up a whole lot. Um, so, but but the live but, streaming you had to pay this year because it was like NBC M, uh, NBC NBCSN. Sports Gold or something. Yeah. Yeah. And that was horrible. Like I, I was like, no, no, I'm not going to pay a whole big 
speed just to watch this one race. Right. So I just watched it on regular TV when I could. And so I lost a bunch. So at night, didn't the number three Corvette get into an accident? Yeah, it was relatively minor though. They, it spun with another car right as they came off the front stretch to make the transition to the infield, but they didn't hit anything. They just looped it around and pitted, changed tires. But up until that point, weren't they like first or second? Yeah, they were trading spots with one of the 911s for quite a while, running in there second, third. I don't know if they probably led for a little while, but it was it was definitely a fighting match between the, the 911 Porsche and the, the BMW. Well, at the end, for certain. Yeah. I'm just wondering what would have happened had, had the number three not got spun out. Because you know that has, that has to change a whole lot of things. You know, yeah, and I, I don't know that they had the, I don't know that they had the speed to beat that 911 though. You could see that the BMW had the speed, but not in the corners. Like what whatever they're doing this year in those Porsches, that thing cornering like crazy. Yeah, they I mean, really were. I mean, you could see it holding pace with some of the prototypes, mm-hmm. especially in that really sharp horseshoe turn. Yeah, that was just. I mean, they they dive in the corner and come off even with the DPIs. And then, of course, with the extra power, the prototypes would drive off. But, man, those <laughs> 911s were good in the corners. Uh, but And I think the, the BMW this year had definitely had the motor down the straightaway because it could pull even. And, and if that was its chance to pass, a 911 was going to happen in straightaway, not in the corner. That. Car, look, they look funny on the track because the the BMW that they race. I don't know if you saw those Hogan. I think it's still the M6 something or other, but it looks enormous. It looks like an SUV. Oh, it's huge compared to the other cars. Yeah. It is a bigger car, yeah. <laughs> nice though. I wouldn't mind having one, but oof. yeah, it is a boat. It is a boat. Uh, let's see. So other things I guess we observed is. Um, the night racing was interesting. Like I said, we hadn't seen any of the night racing, and I, I didn't get in the infield like I wanted to. We just watched it from the grandstands because of the the time and the. I didn't want to keep the kids out all night, but it was cool to sit in the grandstands up high, and just take in the entire track. Like when John and I were there a couple of years ago, we spent most of our time in the infield, which was really cool. But I didn't realize how good the visibility was from the the grandstands. So when we went back on Sunday, we went all the way right in the grandstand section and pretty much set at the end of pit road. And that was probably the best view of the track. I mean, you could see everything from there. It was, it was awesome. Did you get any, uh, audio? Just a little bit in some videos that I have, but the mainly photos, I shot almost a thousand photos. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. I'll, I picked like the top 30 or 40 and, and put them up on a little website so everyone can see those. No, oh, yeah. Those pictures that you had were pretty awesome. I was kind of hoping you had a lot more uh, night pictures. Yeah. If, like I said, if I had gotten in the infield, we, we would have had more. And that was my plan was to go. I wanted to go down into the horse. I think they call that the international horseshoe. Which one? A tight one, Rich? Yeah, I think that's what that's called. Yep, that is. And oh. to go back to talking about the streaming, if you had a service provider that gave you NBC Sports, you could have went to the NBC Sports uh, site and logged in with your provider because 
I was able to do that with uh, YouTube TV. And there was only during the middle of the night, I couldn't get, you had to have gold. So you didn't have to have gold, you just needed to have cable TV? Yep. But you had to have gold for a certain part. In the middle of the night, they had it for like a couple hours where you couldn't get it. You had to have gold. Wow. Otherwise, you could log into NBC Sports. If you got NBC Sports on your service provider, you could log in with your provider and stream it through that way. But if you if you had just a basic cable package, that wouldn't work. Sign, like signing in wouldn't really help you, right? Probably not. You have to have NBC Sports right, as part of your package. Yeah, and I think, like Bacon, we've talked about that before. Your TV package doesn't have a lot of those no. sports in and... Fact- Thing. In fact, I'm even going to dumb it down even more. <laughs> Just get that cost down, really. As you should. Cable packages are expensive. Unfortunately, it doesn't make a difference where you're going now. Even now with people where you're doing stuff streaming, it's just as much. Yeah, everybody's got their own little app, and it's 6 bucks, 9 bucks here, 10 bucks there. And next thing you know, you're paying a, a fortune in you know, streaming apps. So yeah, someone's getting well, ho- paid no matter what. Well, hopefully we only get like maybe like two streaming apps total and uh, just kind of stay with it. Like around there, that's kind of what we're looking at. Just internet and two streaming services and be done. Yep. Yeah. Let's see some other, I guess some other tips and observations. Like I said, the grandstand seats were better than I thought they were. Uh, Daytona has put a, a ton of money into that front stretch with like the fan injectors and things like that. And, you know, I haven't been to a NASCAR race there in, in a long time, but the, you know, the experience at the at the Rolex was just as good and just a, a lot less of a crowd, <laughs> so he can walk around, which was nice. Oh, I'm sure all that extra body heat's, you know, missing was welcomed as well. Yeah, and just being able to move, like, you know, you watch race, you know, say we watch 30, 40 minutes, you know, get up, go down to the restroom, you don't wait for anything, you just get it done, you know, go back to your seat. The only thing is they didn't have a lot of refreshments and places to buy food. So, and especially on Sunday, there was next to nothing on Sunday, you know, and Saturday they had like on the first level, you could get you know food and drink souvenirs. But when we came back Sunday morning, it was pretty much just one little place and that was it. Well, maybe we ought to talk to Jed's and uh, get him to get his food truck down there sometime. Yeah. Set that up for, for the roar and the, and the roll hex. That'd be fun. Say don't worry. Say don't worry about Saturday so much. Just make sure you're there for Sunday. Yeah, get clean up on Sunday. <laughs> um, let's see. I paid for front stretch parking this year, so thinking that my dad and then my youngest son, you know, the walking distance, trying to minimize it with those two, I thought I would buy this sort of premium parking, which t- turned out to be about seventy five dollars for the two days. And I originally wanted what they call lot four, which is right on the corner of turn four where one of the tunnels goes into the infield. Um, That was sold out, and so was the infield parking. So that would probably be the best, would be to park in the infield. I think that was $60 for the two days. Um, So I ended up with my, my third option, which was the front stretch parking. And it was great if you're going in the grandstands, but otherwise you were even farther from the tunnel if you were going in through turn four. So that's the only downfall there is, you know, it was great parking right in front of the speedway, you know, parking on, you know, concrete. It was, you know, just a nice place to park. And obviously we were close, but 
we wanted to get to the infield and then realized we were now a lot farther away than maybe what we even would have been in the free parking, which was lot three. <laughs> so unless you're going to the front stretch grandstands, I'd say pass on that parking and just take the free one or go in the infield. So it's kind of like being at Disney. Yeah, you paid for some premium, then you realized, well, this is no better. <laughs> so, I just got my car up front, you know, but it doesn't really help me. <laughs> You're still waiting in line, sir. Still waiting in line, yep. Uh, let's see. The Corvette C8 was on display at Chevy's little corral in the, you know, the commercial midway, and there's a bunch of other vehicles, not just from Chevy, but Cadillac and... Lexus and Mazda, just a bunch of cool stuff there. But what I didn't notice until the end, and I spotted it in the pictures, up on top of the Rolex clock was actually a new C8 convertible road car. So I thought that was cool. Chevy had one up there for their their VIPs, of course, but at least <laughs> I got a couple of pictures of it. <laughs> so close, but so far. So far. <laughs> and let's see, some other fun things. I sat in a Camaro ZL1 which was pretty cool. Had some nice seats in it and just looked at a bunch of other cars on display. Chevy had a big setup in the grandstand section too. How was that thing to get into? The car? Yeah. It was a little tight, a little snug in the seats if I'm honest, but it wasn't uncomfortable. It just was cozy. Mm -hmm. But I would love to take one of those for a spin though. Be fun. Oh, real quick, real quick. So Bryce thought he got on TV. <laughs> he did. Remember, remember when I texted you and it said, "Hey, oh yeah, I saw you guys on TV." <laughs> yeah, he was a little excited there. I don't know. I don't know what part. Where were we? On, we on the grandstands, like on the front stretch? Yeah, it was towards the end of the race. It was towards the end of the race, and I remember looking at your picture as, and every time they went by there, I was trying to look for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw some some video or maybe some still photos of like the end of the race like right as they're dropping the checker flag and you can see us we're all standing up there because we were right near one of the one of the entry points well that's cool that is definitely cool yeah it was good and the kids had a good time i mean their you know their tolerance for sitting through obviously they weren't going to sit through a 24-hour race but we pretty much watched it in, in three different stints. You know, we saw the start, the first couple of hours, you know, from the grandstands and from the infield. Then we left, you know, had dinner, pretty much waited for it to get dark, and then we came back and watched some more, you know, about another hour from the grandstands. And then, yeah. you know, retired for the evening, got up Sunday morning, had breakfast a little earlier, and then came over and, and caught the last about two, two and a half hours. Which is good. So all in, I think we, you know, we probably saw six, maybe six hours of action, which is pretty well, good. That's cool. So, do you think you're ever going to try and make it through the entire race? Oh, I don't know. I'd like to, but I think <laughs> <laughs> that's going to require staying there, obviously. But I don't know if I would want to do it in a tent or if I'd need some kind of RV. But yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to go. You know, maybe by myself, by myself, or just some other people that are hanging out, and you know, so we don't have to go, you know, get up and go and come back. So, 
Yeah, I think I would. I'd like to try it. Well, no, I'm actually saying like staying awake for the entire race. Mm. Like, like, like you'll you'll save you'll <laughs> save yourself on some hotel costs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to catch a nap in there somewhere. I think. Uh, just bring a pillow. Or just sleep when it was when it's over. We did talk to some guys, and they said that's what they do. They sleep in late Saturday morning, so they kind of get up like mid morning. You know, catch a little of the pre race and things like that, and they pretty much stay up all night. And when the race is done, they go to sleep. So it's kind of like just stay up for twenty four hours and then go back to bed. But of course, oh. you know they're doing it with an RV. So when the race is over, they jump right in the RV. You know, lights out, earplugs, go to sleep, and beer, and whiskey. <laughs> no, that was that, that was what's helping them. That helped them keep awake. <laughs> right. <laughs> I fixed your audio, Rico. Oh yeah. I th- oh, so I think it's this uh, channel on the mixer. Oh, okay. It's got like a bad oh. button on it, so I just wiggled it. It's working good now. Nice. Yeah. All this time I thought it was me. <laughs> it, it See, makes- does it every time to all of us? He's like, "Oh, your audio sucks. <laughs> your audio sucks. Oh, oh wait. your audio sucks. <laughs> oh, 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 I fixed it. I jiggled the handle. You're good now." <laughs> he does it every time to us. Does bacon. Nice. Me now he's done to you, Rico. So. Welcome back. The one with bacon was the yeah. funniest because I had a cable that was like partially inserted, so you couldn't really tell. So uh-huh. bacon would call in. We'd hear him. He couldn't hear us. And I'm like, <laughs> "You changed something. Like something's all screwed up. What did you do?" And I finally look on the back of the audio interface, and I I notice the cables. You know, it's like a half inch out. Like, <laughs> How long did it take you to tell everybody? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We went through the entire recording because I ended up doing it on my uh, headset. Yeah, we put it nice. on another line. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you got that okay. fixed, Bacon. Thanks. We can. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Move on. <laughs> so let's see. What else did we see at the track that I liked? I, don't, I think that's kind of the standouts. Talk about parking, talk about the infield, um, good sized crowd. I think that's it. Your CL1. CL1. Yeah. You see any of the racing, John? I got bits and pieces. Bits and pieces, yeah. Oh, I was going to ask Bacon. So are you going to join us if we go next year? Uh, I'll have to, I'll definitely have to try and pencil it in at least. Because I, I want to ride again. I want to, when John and I went down that year and we rode, it was fun getting out of Charlotte in the cold and then just peeling the layers off as we go. That was, it was fun to ride down there. And of course we, we met and hung out with Justin Webster a bit on that trip too. So did you go see him again? We did not, not with the kids. No, but we got to ping him. Got to see what he's doing. See if he's working on that Ducati. Oh, we do. So anything else? Any other questions? Otherwise we'll go talk about wrenching. I got nothing, man. You got nothing. If they want to watch it, I'm sure they can go find it online. Yeah, I, <laughs> I see IMSA is putting it out in segments, um, about six-hour chunks. They're putting them out on YouTube. I saw that. But Oh, I guess one quick who's, little... Who's got time for that? <laughs> one quick little update on the Jeep. So I think we talked about it before. It's a Grand Cherokee Trailhawk version. So it's full-time, four-wheel drive, and it has the Hemi V8. And I averaged just about 21 miles per gallon down and back. 
And I don't even turn on the stupid Evo mode. Or Eco uh, mode, oh. sorry. Evo. Evo, yeah. Type what of, is it, a Harley? It's a Grand Cherokee Evo. But yeah, pretty good fuel economy, I think, for 5.7 liter V8 and something that weighs 5,400 pounds. thought that was pretty good. That's not bad. But those SRT seats, as much as I love them, oh my God, are they hard. <laughs> not made for long distance travel. No, do not sign up for those if you're going to take long trips because you'll be hating life in pretty short break order. in after a while rich they'll break in no they don't according to the forums they they don't really break in so i'd spent some time on the jeep forums a couple of different sites and people are like why are these seats so uncomfortable even did you turn on the heat no i use the no. coolers sometimes that seems to help a little bit yeah, the cooler, the, the, I, I would on long trips. I would turn the heat heating elements on, and that seemed to help the lower back and everything. Yeah, keep them a little loose. It's just that's just me. It's just they're so flat and hard that just the bottom of your butt just starts to get sore after a while. It's not like the seat's uncomfortable. Like my lumbar didn't hurt, my back didn't hurt. I didn't have anything like that. It just it's just like sitting on a board. Maybe what you have to do is what some long distance motorcycle travelers do and, you know, switch up what's on your seat. You know, keep, yeah. Ooh, there you go. Get some wooden beads. I need an air hawk it's, in the trail. Hawk. It's, it's, <laughs> and maybe some chaps. Some chaps. Yeah. <laughs> some sheepskin. <laughs> Love it. But yeah. Other than that, I, I like the Jeep. Uh, I like the infotainment and I, I like the vehicle overall. I think this one's going to be a keeper. Nice. No complaints. Oh, it better be at least for a while. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although, if anyone out there does custom exhaust for these things, I've got to fix that. This is the quietest Hemi I've ever seen in my life. That's not right. And it's nice. It's kind of like luxury car quiet, but that's not really the point. Like, I want to hear it. So, yeah. They have those uh, exhaust cutouts that you can put in with the electric button. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what it needs, because I, I wish it had the dual-mode exhaust like they put in the Challenger, where it's pretty subdued driving it around. You put it in sport mode, it opens the valve, and then you can hear it roar, but you don't have to hear it all the time. No, this is, this is the same idea. Yeah, that's what so I mean. Yeah, they're just little electrical uh, valves that they get put on like about halfway up the exhaust. Like between you the resonator and the muffler? Yep. This, yep. All right. And then you just push the button and they open up. Dump it out on the ground. That's right. Just make sure you don't pass by any cops with it. <laughs> well, the idea would be if I could if I could trigger it with the sport mode button, then because that's the only time yeah. you'd really want it. Yeah, you could probably do that. Cool. All right, Brother Bacon, you have been wrenching. What? You were in deep, were you not? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I had... I had, oh, well, what seemed like half the bike apart. <laughs> so how did it start? What, what was the symptom that put you into taking the bike apart in the first place? Okay. So I'm going to take you back. Back to a time. Wait. Zip. Right. Last July, if you remember, I went, I went to Iowa with my dad. And on our way out there, 
it was an 11 hour ride. It was when it was over, when we got to the hotel, it was like right around 715 miles. Um, just outside of Des Moines, uh, I noticed my battery light come on and I was like, okay, well that seems really weird. So made it the rest of the way to hotel, which is probably about another mm, 10 miles or so. Shut it off, went to go start it once we got checked in and just clicked, right? Nothing. Huh. So, so I called up the local Harley Davidson, the big barn Harley Davidson out there in, in Iowa. And, uh, they came over, picked it up, checked it out. And they said that I had a broken pin where, where the connection for the stator connects to the uh, regulator. Okay. They're like, yeah, well, unfortunately it's going to cost like 300 some odd dollars to fix. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I was like a a pin. You're like, hmm. (laughs) Sounds a little, well, well, along with their, you know, diagnosis and all that good stuff. So they did that. And so I go there to pick it up and they said that they believed that I had a, it was like a loose bell housing that for the compensator. And so basically, um, on the stock version of the, of the compensator, which goes around, which is the magnets that go around the stator, right? Um, the other side of it, which connects to your, uh, why can't I think of the damn name right now? Um, the compensator sprocket and all that, right? Which turns the primary chain. Yeah. Um, the, there was a bell housing with splines in it that hooked into another gear, which hooked into, which hooks into this, uh, these ramps, which hence pushes the, the sprocket. And in that one year on that one model, they bolted them. Instead Whereas of, are they welded instead of weld, or instead of welding them? Okay. Every other model, they did it, <laughs> but not this one, which hmm. is some odd reason. And so yours was a learning, yours was a learning bike. They did. (laughs) I think think so. Honestly, like the 2006 is where they uh, started messing with the, uh, is where they started, is where they uh, put in what the six gear as an option. I was going to say, was that the first year for the cruise drive six speed or whatever they call it? It is a Harley though. It is. Well, and it was, it was an option. So, but since then they have come up and they have done, a couple of uh, revisions on their fix for that. But I'll get to that here in a second. So either way, they're like, it's running now, but as, uh, but it's like a ticking time bomb, right? It could go off. It, it, it could go off and it just won't That's charge anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that gives you a lot like, of comfort running down the road, right? Right. No, well, I was like, I was like, do you think it'll make me back to get me back to Nashville? They're like, oh Yeah. No, no, it's just any time after that. I'm not certain. <laughs> <laughs> any time outside of our parking lot, we're not sure. Exactly. Nice. nice. So went to the rest. Went through the rest of the weekend. Um, came back, and the next day I rode it to work and back, and I was about three blocks from home, and my battery light came on again. Mm. And I was like, oh, God. So. Since I had just spent that much money on the bike and the trip and all that, I was like, you know what? It's just going to sit. 
So that's why it sat for as long as it did. So finally, after Christmas and stuff, order my parts. I'm like, okay, getting the new stator, compensators, the, uh, the compensator housing, all that. And I'm like, cool, time to get this done. Now, is this, is this newer unit now welded? Yes. Okay. Yes, this is the revised unit for this. Gotcha. For that, for the stock. And uh, so I ordered the pieces. They were going to take three, four days to get in. They come in, go get them, get the bike in the garage, start tearing it apart. Very first thing I notice as soon as I take off the primary housing, it's not the stock. Oh, it's it's not the stock <laughs> compensator. <laughs> nice screaming eagle. No, it was part. It was, it was the updated Screaming Eagle. So I'm like, all right, fine. Take all the stuff back. Ends up costing me another another $300 uh, on top of what I had spent for the original. Oh, because the, the SE part was more. Right. Jeez. Right. So, and this is like the second update. Uh, second updated part, I guess. Second or third. Uh, I'd have to look at the numbers again, but either way, um, instead of a instead of a nut that held on to the uh, that went all the way through into the into the flywheel and the crankcase, mm-hmm. um, they actually had as it's a T seventy, a Torx seventy. This thing is as big as my thumb. I was gonna say I have some T bits, but I don't think they're that big. Right. Yeah, like a whole so set they, of them. Right. So there's a specialty bit I had to find somewhere. Luckily, my local uh, O'Reilly's had one. So got that. And that was actually only six bucks. I was quite surprised. Um, then I went to, and then I also, for the clutch, large sockets are not easy to find on their own. And so I ended up having to like find that somewhere. Which I ended up finding. Uh, I finally found a set at Home Depot with, with everything for like twenty bucks. Okay. You can go, go to Harbor Freight. Well, well, the uh, actual specific size of that they didn't have, not without like thirty, forty, fifty dollar sets. Mm-hmm. They were like impact sets, and I was like, no, I'm not using an impact, so I'm not worrying about that. So nice. Got all that. Finally got it all back. Started getting it all back together. Started snapping bolts. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, it was bad. Did I you think? Say, I think. I think in total, I think there were four four bolts snapped. Did you pick up a couple of easy outs and a tap and die set as well? <laughs> no, I actually no made it out. I made it out pretty luckily. Um, as soon as it happened, I I grabbed a pair of pliers to see if I was able to grab the end. I was. Nice. I spun them out. And voila. But yeah, but then I had to go get more bolts. <laughs> of course. So so all in, what was the total till parts wise? Um total till parts wise. Don't let my wife hear. No. Okay. Um no, she already knows. So <laughs> are you under four <laughs> digits? <laughs> yes, I am under four digits, okay. but it did come out it did come out to about eight hundred. That's a big job. Now did you do any Obviously, you had that much apart, so you probably done new primary fluid and stuff like that. Yeah, adjust your clutch and all that while you're in there. 
Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that really worried me. It's like everything, everything that ever comes up to it is like the, uh, when you look at adjusting your clutch, mm-hmm. it's from where it's already together, not putting it back together. Right. <laughs> so you almost have to reassemble the whole thing just to, to get to the adjustment procedure. Right. Yeah. And actually you did. And I was like, how hard, like, like how tight do I make this nut? Mm-hmm in order to get to where I need to be. And I've just found out that just by just slight movements and playing with the clutch, I found out what felt right. And how many miles on the bike now? Uh, 32. Or 2000. Okay. 32,000. Let's do a mileage check. What about you, Hogan? How many miles on the big girl? Um, 21. 21. John, what are you at? Like 600,000? Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> is it 50 on the new one no i haven't hit 50 Not yet quite 50 48 40 okay oh i was close though oh so you're, so you're getting close to a hundred thousand this year correct no <laughs> <laughs> and i think uh the redhead is at twelve thousand two hundred or so wow look at you give or take bang around you still riding that thing you still riding that thing in the cold uh, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, below 30, no, I'm out. You know, I maybe in the upper 30s, I'll do it, but I really would rather have 40 and above. But I did ride one day in 38, and then another day it was, it said it was 33, but it never showed that cold on the bike. But yeah. What was the, what was the, what was the old, uh, lowest temp that you used to do? Oh, I never used to ride under like 50. <laughs> it was like 50, 50, right? Under 50, under 50 miles an hour. That kind of thing. <laughs> but Aww. I have to Everyone say that he's growing up. the Interceptor has a little better wind protection and, you know, I have a little bit better gear as well. You mean it has wind protection? And now heat of grips. Yeah, it has. Yeah, the, the deuce had nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing and then your feet are forward so the wind's blowing up your pant legs which we'll cover in the u-turn but yeah cold even with the windshield on that bike it wasn't much better all right so that's it you uh test rode the diner or what oh yeah no 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 yeah um actually just since i since i got it done like that day i had a bunch of other stuff going on i didn't get it finished until late so i just went ahead and put it up and then it started raining and raining. So just finally got it out Sunday. Did about 150 miles. And uh, all good, man. No leaks. No crazy clunks. No nothing. And yeah, by the way, if you're listening to this and you kind of want to see what happened to the compensator, mm-hmm. please look at the show notes. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll put them in there. <laughs> oh. Very nice. Tell us, Rich. Uh, yeah, wrenching wise for me, it's been a little bit light. I've had um, put the rear shock back in the R6 and got the whole rear end buttoned up again, which was nice. I got to use that new uh, chain aligner tool that I got from Motion Pro. So that worked pretty cool. Just kind of clamp the simple one that clamps to the sprocket and has about, I don't know, about an eight or nine inch pin that sticks forward and you can see if it's, you know, if it's pointing left or right. 
So I got that all lined up. Don't really have the chain proper for the slack yet um, on the track, but that you know that might have to come back off again. So I got the rear end buttoned up and then disassembled the whole front because now I'm going to do the steering head bearings. So <laughs> the bike yeah. looks like a accident victim at this point. <laughs> it is torn apart. Seriously, torn apart. That those are some bad bad pictures. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, if you look at the picture, you would think that I wrecked it, but it's like no, no, just a little maintenance. <laughs> and now that I have that much apart, I'm wondering: should oh, I God. take the carbs apart and clean them? I mean, not try to do any tuning or anything. Just take them apart, make sure there's no gunk or anything in there, and put them back together. No, you know what your bed your better bet is. What's Don't that? even worry about that. If you're worried about gunk, um, get some sea foam. Sea foam it. Get some sea foam. Pour a bunch of it into your into your gas tank, and also get the uh, aerosol version, and spray it in, and spray it in. Yeah, while it's running, you will clear out anything that's in there, and then you don't have to worry about trying to readjust anything. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. We did it on the on the Audi. I think we talked about that. I did the spray, put some in the tank. I haven't done any in the oil yet, but <laughs> the smoking when you get cleaned a bunch out, smoke like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, my brother Kenny was here and we left the house and we drove up the street and I looked back and you couldn't see anything. It was like a whiteout snowstorm or fog. It was just complete whiteout. Oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Like if oh, you do yeah. a burnout yard. That's what I need to do. But yeah, that's that's it on the wrenching. So I need to get it buttoned up. Uh, looks like the first track day is most likely going to be March 30th and going to VIR. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what we're thinking. So that's about, what, two months? Just a little under two months to get it together, get the trailer going. We'll make it. We'll be fine. Get it back, put back together, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't want to touch too much more. Once I get these bearings done, I kind of want to get it back together and, you know, do a little shakedown run and make sure it's good and get it ready. Now, do you have to use a press to get your bearings in or no? On this one, I, I have to, I don't remember. I looked at the manual when I first bought them and I don't remember if it's pressed or if they just fit in. Rico. Hammer, big hammer. Uh, I've, I have not torn that apart to tell you the truth, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I'm not asking. I'm just, I'm just I'm telling you. He's gonna have, he's gonna have the the bearings all greased, ready to go. Uh-huh. And now we're gonna fall he's out. Gonna, he's gonna try and put them in, and he can't get enough pressure on him. It's like, damn it! Now I gotta go buy a new tool. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. A one, it's like a one-time use tool. One-time right thing. Yep. Well, I did find, I did find a video where. I was watching a guy do it, and I think he just heated it up a little bit. I think he put the bearing in the freezer, heated up the neck a little bit, and it dropped right in. Really? Something like that. That's a neat little trick. So what, wait, wait. So what, you use a torch on it? On the neck? Yeah, just lightly, because it's all aluminum. So you just warm it up a little bit, put the bearing in the freezer, shrink it up a little bit, and drops right in. So we'll see. Huh. Maybe a, maybe a new tool will end up in the shop. Who knows? And then you splash cold water. <laughs> no. Wash out all the grease. <laughs> so, you don't want none of that. 
nasty, dirty grease in there. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Anything else on that bacon? We good? Any any wrenching from you, Hogan? No, the only wrench I'm gonna do is put a new front tire on the bike. I still need to do that for the new year. Oh, so, yep. So still got that to do. Well, speaking of, speaking of, I'll be doing the same with um, my uh, front fork oil change as well pretty soon. Ah, so there you go. I need, but that's, I need but, but that's at least a, that's a cheap one, though. So that's really cheap. You know how much Indian wants to do that for my bike? Too much? Two grand. Oh, my God. $1,600. Well, they have to they have to tear apart your entire fairing just to get to it. This is true, but sixteen hundred dollars? Come on. Well, uh, well, aren't they aren't aren't they looking at man hours? Yes, I'll do it for fifteen hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so here's Indian cop. Here's Indian copying Harley again, even with the right? pricing <laughs> services and everything. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. I, I also ordered a new front tire for the interceptor. It's got some, it's, I don't know if it's cupping is the right word, but it's got some weird bumps in the front tire. So yeah, I don't like it. I just ordered a new one. And since I just put the road smart three on the rear, just a couple hundred miles ago. So, and we'll have two new tires on it. Nice. Two new tires, a match set matched. Perfect. Oh, right. <laughs> And Johnny John, I know you're looking for a new tire here pretty soon, right? Nothing else major on the Spider? No, nothing major. Nothing major. Nope. Just riding. Good man. He he, he already spent it last year. Yeah, he did. <laughs> All right. Well, let's thank a few people. And then we have an interesting U-turn topic to get into, talking about uh, staying warmer and kind of extending your riding season. But before we get into that, I want to take a minute and I want to thank Rich Poge, who is also known as FLHR Rich in the clubhouse. And I want to thank him for his support of show 176. Much appreciated. Very generous uh, submission. And we're going to play some, play a special little sound for him that we put together. Celebratory burnout and flyby. Burnish out. Burn ish, <laughs> ish out. <laughs> there we go. A little new, a little old, right? There you go. So yeah, big thanks, Rich. Um, that is that is really awesome, and and that's how the model works. It's that simple. Uh, you find some value in the show, and just return to us what you think is a fair exchange, and we'll play you a sound, and we'll play you a sound, and maybe we'll make some new ones. Uh, if you want to join the list of supporters for show 177, you can visit loudpipes.net slash donate. You can send a one-time donation there or set up an ongoing uh, monthly support, as Tim did, we talked about on the last show. Anything one-time, $10 or more, I'm still sending out show stickers until that current stock is gone. I think I have probably 60 or 80 of those left. And anyone setting up a monthly support option of $5 or more will also get invited into the old clubhouse.
All right, U-turn time, U-turn time, and it starts with a little feedback. So we had someone write in to us from, actually, no, this was email. This wasn't, wasn't from anywhere. So Tom wrote in and said, uh, guys, really enjoying the podcast and just wondering if you could give me some recommendations on good quality heated gear. So it seems as he gets on in years, so he's less tolerant of the cold, and I want to keep thin. riding. Yeah, blood thinning. Now, here's the interesting part. It's a cool bike, by the way. So Tom is riding a 67 shovel bobber, no windshield, no front fender. And he's looking at a jacket, <laughs> looking at a jacket and pant liners. He's been out on Cycle Gear and other uh, websites looking at hot wired, first gear, gerbing, things like that. Uh, these are all to be worn under his jacket and pants. When it gets cold now, he's wearing long johns, a bicycle riding jacket under his leathers, uh, but he also needs something with wind protection as well. So, And uh, Tom, I think we found your bike on Facebook, so we're going to reach out to you and find out if this is the right bike, because that's a really cool picture. So, it really is a cool. Hopefully, hopefully that is him. <laughs> I think so. Well, I won't post it until I find out, but Johnny John, our resident riding fool with all the gear, and all the heated stuff and all the tech. What say you? What does Tom need? What does Tom need? Well, well, maybe we should cover the basics first, kind of like basic layering and wind protection and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, when I first started riding, Rich, we talked about, and I, I wasn't a fan of using heated gear because I didn't want to be tethered to the bike, right? So I always went layers. Well, that kind of changed. I talked to KP and started looking at heated gear. So I actually have switched more. Well, I've gone to heated gear. So I use a company called Gears Canada that makes, you know, heated gear. And it's just not, um, they do for... Not only, you know, motorcycle, but it's no snowmobile, ATV, marine. So, I mean, right. it's a Canadian company. It's cold in Canada. <laughs> Most of the so, year, yeah. Especially... You would think that they would have... In the Northern Territory. Yeah. They might specialize so, in something like that. <laughs> they yeah. might know a thing or two about staying warm. <laughs> right. Now I'm getting my heated gear from Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it comes in a can. <laughs> That's right. Actually, a bottle. <laughs> Sorry, John, go ahead. Uh, so I actually have gone with a heated uh, jacket, just a you know base layer jacket. It's got um, fiber wires running through it or heated elements, real thin. And it has on it, it has the two plugs to connect in because you could have glove liners, which I also have. And you have a controller. And the controller controls either your jacket or the gloves. Or the gloves. Okay. So it's not, you know, one another. And so, and the cool thing is, a lot of it, it has like seven different settings. I think that's the number. Different levels. Seven. Okay. Different levels. So, I mean, you can go cool, warm, you know, high as you want. Is this the X3? I'm, I think I'm looking at it now. Yep. yep. Okay. That's the X3. Burning lava hot. So... That that's you know works really well. Um, one thing I'll say about I want glove liners over like the cycle gear, 
um, hot wire gloves is that, you know, the gloves might not be as protective as you could get another pair, you know, so. So you'd rather, you'd rather put a liner under your, your better, your better gloves versus getting heated gloves. Right. Because they're not being as, as protective. They might not have as much durability and, you know, just one of those things. I kind of look at it that way. But I would also say that if you're going to go that route, your winter gloves, you want to go a little bigger because if not, then they're going to be, you're, you know, you're adding a little. Um, what do you think about one size up from normal? Like if you're I would a, say that. If you're a yeah. large, grab an extra large, whatever yeah. your winter glove's going to be. Okay. Right. Yeah, you want so, some motion. Right, motion, because it's, it's going to be tight. I actually wear large gloves and actually but my climb gloves are large that are my winter gloves and it is they are tight when riding um and i just live with it um the cool thing with this gear as well as i was researching this is they also have the ability to run off a battery pack i saw that so they have a hybrid battery pack that you can connect it in so since he's running a 67 67. (laughs) that he might not have the wattage to support this then there's a battery pack that he could get yeah to use it now what does this jacket pull for amps does it say um let me pull up the site i think i saw here 5.8 yep so on the site they actually give you the list of how much amperage everything's going to take out of the whole um system so you know, if you have jackets, this, if you had gloves, it's this, if you had pants, it's going to be this. So it's kind of really cool that they give you all the details on what it's going to use. Okay. So you recommend, I guess as a starting point, you would recommend the heated jacket liner and glove yep. liners. I would. Okay. Um, and then the other thing that I've really have enjoyed going out as well as when I bought the um, Barkbuster guard. Net warmers. <laughs> <laughs> that comes standard on the Riker, I heard. <laughs> it comes standard on the uh, Indian too, Roadmaster. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, it's it's pretty neat that you can uh, that knocks the wind off. So, I mean, I know you and just like you talked about, Rich, taking the wind off makes a big difference. Yeah, it sure does. And I'm, if this is the bright bike, like I said, like he said, no windshield, no fender. So if if you want to if you want to cut down on the amount of heat you need for the gloves, you might need a, a little bit of windbreak on your hands there. Not saying a full windshield, but maybe something just break the wind a little bit. Right. And then you know when I go out riding, I also put in on a. Long John underneath is my base layer, and then the jacket. So the heated jacket. You want to keep it as close as possible. Yeah. So now, we, since he doesn't have a windshield, I guess we should talk about the wind protection a little bit. So I like, what I found works pretty well, at least for me, is I just wear my rain jacket as that final outer layer. Because that's, yes. that's the idea of a rain jacket, is it keeps you dry, but it also you know cuts the wind. So... You know, once he has his base layer, you know, I guess we'll start pants first. Once you have your base layer, and then if you're going to do 
a thermal liner or maybe even the heated system in the pants, then your actual riding pants, and then your final top would be like a set of rain pants. Or I don't know if, if he's wearing leathers or not, but you know, do it. Now, how can you be, how can you look cool in the cold when it ain't raining? You do not put on rain gear. Well, you don't put on a blaze <laughs> yellow put on rain, rain gear suit. in the cold. <laughs> Come on. I have rain gear from Harley that's basically it's silver. It's like gray and silver. Right. I'm, be- I'm, be- I'm thinking, I'm envisioning. Wait, wait. So it looks like one of those old jeans workout? and a black leather jacket. It's a black, you know. You can't look cool with a rain gear on. And you, can get a, you can get a black rain suit. You can. It might have a little reflective piping on it, but. Where is there's an image he's trying to, you know, you know, what if he's trying to look, you know, I don't know. Man says he's trying to stay warm, okay? (laughs) Warm. But he wants to look look cool at the same time, you know, so. (laughs) Well, let's just say this. If he wants to look cool, right, but he wants to be warm, I hate to say it. You can't do both because if that picture is correct, he's wearing a three-quarter, and if he's not wearing the full face, yeah, forget it. <laughs> it. Just you're done. You're just gonna be cold, bro. It, it depends on your. It depends on how far <laughs> you want to ride down to the cold. Like I don't. He didn't talk about where he lives, does he? Oh, you know what he wants to do? Oh, he's, I know he's he, up I know the trick. He he needs to stop at every Starbucks on the way. And <laughs> yeah, we got an app for that. Coffee. <laughs> yeah, we, we have, we're building an app. Hush. Yeah, we're building a secret app. <laughs> Uh, so I, I guess it comes down to how, how far down the temperature scale do you want to ride? Like, do you want to ride below freezing? You know, you want to ride below zero? Like me personally, I don't like to ride below the freezing point. It just seems like you're in, Uncomfortable. asking for too much danger. <sighs> yeah. Any moisture you get out there could be frozen and that's it. Especially here in the South. They don't, they don't treat the roads. They don't do anything Ooh. other than cancel school and, Order more bread. <laughs> yeah. Well. So so you don't think you can look cool in rain gear. Maybe that's a challenge for you, Hogan. Let's let let me see you find No no. Aren't you supposed to prove that? I mean, I look yeah. cool no matter what I'm wearing. He, he, so I don't know what you're talking about. You see, my, my rain gear matches my bike, so it really you really can't tell I'm wearing rain gear. <laughs> oh God. See? Indian even Indian owners are as bad as Harley owners. Got to be, got to be branded head to toe. Head to toe. Look at me. I'm I'm my Indian. I'm fine as frog hair, baby. All right. So, so he's, he mentioned nothing like those Harley guys. He mentions a leather jacket. Okay. Cause he says under his leather. So if you have a leather jacket, I think that would suffice for that outer layer. But your base, you know, you want a good thermal base layer, do the heated liner inside the jacket. And I think that's going to be pretty good for a top. Yeah. And if you have some good heating inside those gloves, good winter gloves over top of those liners. The thing is, with big, heavy winter gloves, it's hard to, you know, do the clutch and the brake and the throttle and all that. It just seems bulky. Yeah. I mean, you, so you're, you're gonna sacrificing. Have to sp- you're gonna have to spend a little more money for a nicer set. That's that's not just cheap and bulky. Because mm-hmm. you can't well, squeeze. It, you know, it feels like when you get those big gloves on, it feels like you can't squeeze the handlebars or the the brake or anything as good. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. It's like grabbing a fork with an oven mitt. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Best way I can explain that. Trying to eat your pasta with an oven mitt. Yeah. That'd be <laughs> interesting. Spin that fork. Just go ahead. Spin that fork. I dare you. Mm-hmm. So let me, now let me pick, pick John's brain a little bit more. So this, this gear uh, from Gears Canada, price, mm-hmm. price wise, how does that line up with some of the other premium and store brand stuff? I, it's more expensive. A little more expensive? Even more yeah. than like your gerbing and things like that? I don't know. I didn't really look into gerbing stuff. Gerbing's fairly high end. I would think that's going to be on the upper scale. Right. And doesn't climb make some of that too? I don't think, um, I don't think climb makes heated gear. No. 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 All right. So Gerbin's a little even higher. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, maybe Canada slots between hot wired and Gerbin. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at a jacket. The jacket's 250 for Gerbin. And I think mine was 150. Yeah. And so. depending on the currency conversion. Yeah. I'm seeing 159 Canadian. On sale. Yep. Well, that's a good option. And like we said, with with his bike being a sixty seven, you have this lithium battery pack combo. Although that's another hundred and seventy dollars. Canadian. Yeah, Canadian just for the battery pack. So oh, geez. You're gonna be spending some coin if you're gonna go wireless. <laughs> you're gonna spend some coinadian? Some coinadian. <laughs> yeah, that's bad, I know. <laughs> Oh, so let's gonna say it, <laughs> but yeah. What what about boots, Sean? Are you a fan of a, a liner in the boot, or you just wear heavy socks? What are you thinking on the feet? I have only wore my boots with regular socks. I haven't really had issues where they get in that cold. Regular socks? Oh, what an amateur! You buy wool socks? Hello? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Just a good pair of wool socks is probably wool socks. Yeah, and make sure I mean, that you, whatever pants you have go over the boot and have some way to secure them if you got the wind blowing up your pant leg yeah that's not going to help you very much right yeah. actually L- little, so the little guy be tucked all inside look like <laughs> i know so real quick as long as you have good enough wind protection on your boots um there there's a company that's called thermocell they usually do like those uh, those uh, little pocket warmers those little hot pocket warmers yeah. That are like, well, they actually have some insoles that are electric. No, you, no. See, you're wrong. Will that be for That's the what, that, top of the. You, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I was going to say, no, 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 no. They're, take they're your girl insoles. with your, have, have her put her, your hands, her hands in your pockets, and there you go. But that doesn't help well, your feet. That doesn't help your feet at all, it, unless it curls your toes. I like where you're going, but it doesn't help your feet. <laughs> well, if the wind's blowing up your pants leg, hello. Again, it still doesn't help your feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless it curls your toes. We like your idea, right. but what about the feet? <laughs> wool socks. Wool socks. Okay, wool socks and your girl's hands in the pockets. Got it. There you go. Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just forego the underwear. Uh. 
Anything else just you want to add, Just ride like bacon. Just ride like bacon. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm free. Free balling. <laughs> no, not really, Rich. I don't think there's much add. I mean, I know some... I'm not sure if you were baking through in the, the solar jacket from Revit. That I did. I, I did. And I thought that was a good idea because because yeah. of the bike he was riding, and since you can't plug anything into that bike, yeah. Um it's uh when we talked to Chris, right? Yeah. Um he was did he have that jacket? No, he 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 said he he just said he had it. He had a women's version of it and staying that he actually has one or he highly recommended it and i was thinking about getting it but uh he uh well hand i got another jacket for christmas that's almost like it and i'm using it in the mid layer how's it working it helps well may- maybe it's only helps because you didn't get the right jacket that's true <laughs> Because this one is a little bit different. Um, so this one's from Revit. Right. It's the uh, Solar 2. Yep, and it's got that permafill gold insulation in it. Yep. And apparently, like, all winter long, like, even when it got down into the teens, he was wearing just that going outside. And who's Chris, by the way? Uh, he, was, he, was, he was my buddy that worked at... Uh, cool Springs Power Sports. At Cool Springs Power Sports. And he's a host of Wingman's Garage. Yes, he is one of the hosts at Wingman's. Okay. I'm just saying not everyone might know who Chris is. <laughs> and apparently, and apparently they're actually podcasting podcasting now. They're no longer doing like the Facebook lives. So that'll be interesting. Uh-huh. You got a funky background there, Bacon. Uh, no, no, no. I just blurred it. Oh, you're doing the blur. Oh, uh, look at that. I got to get oh. on board with that. Oh, we're doing. <laughs> Sorry for the audio, folks. We're playing around with video tonight, <laughs> just because we can. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anything else on the heated gear? We don't need to beat that horse anymore. But, but Tom, let us know what you do end up purchasing, and and if it actually helps, we can do a nice little follow up on that. Or take Rich's solution and don't ride on under 30. Yeah, once it gets below 32, just stop <laughs> riding. Or in, or in your case, zero, if he's in Canada. I don't know how far north he is, but... Maybe he'll get an right. even better deal than us on that Gears Canada stuff if he lives there. Yeah, he doesn't get to send it to a Trump, Trump America right. tax. <laughs> All right, any other topics? Did... I realized we missed the live wire. Do we want to go back and talk about live wire a little bit? Mm, save it for next week. We'll save it. Save it. We'll save it. Save it. All right, events. Let's wrap it up, Johnny John. Kick off the events for us. Events. Events. Let's see. You want to. You want to. Uh, you went to um, uh, Daytona, so we got that off the list. Whoop, gone. Yep. Next. Next event on the calendar. Looks like it's the fifth annual MPC. May 1st. May 1st. Oh, oh my God. So soon. True. May 22nd. Yep. We got to get on that. All right. Rico. Mm-hmm. Rico. Rico. Mm-hmm. Rich wants to know if you're going to Sturgis. When are we going? In May. Sturgis is in <laughs> May. I'm sorry. Oh, man. 
Wow, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. Rich wants to know if you guys are going to Isle of Man. I don't know, Rich, are we? Uh, we, we haven't talked about it much lately. Rich. Well, if that's right. the question now. <laughs> mm, no. All right. Yeah, because we we had to buy the ferry tickets, which is expired by now. We should have did all that a couple months ago, right? Yeah, or, or just fly into Douglas. That's another option. Yeah. All right. We'll continue on. Uh, Sturgis in August of 2020. And then the Loud Pipes meet up October 9th through 12th in Tabaco Plains. That's all we got on land for right now. Be a good one. All right. Well, notes of this show can be found on the website, loudpipes.net slash 176. We have links there to, of course, leave us some feedback. You can subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast application. We have links there to also leave us feedback, which I already said. We have links there to social media. (laughs) And if you found some value in the show, consider supporting us at loudpipes.net slash donate. If you want to leave us a little note in those one-time donations, we'll read it on the show unless you tell us not to. And again, a big thanks to Rich for his support of show 176 and Tim for the monthly. Anything Thank between, you guys. Yeah. yeah, thanks guys. Anything between now and the next recording will be credited with the next show. Cheers. Brother Hogan. Yeah. Kickstands up. Stay, stay fine as frog hair, baby. All right. Johnny John. Later, everyone. Begging. We out. Please consider supporting the show. Find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate.